You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian writers who want to conquer what's holding them back. I'm Nika Maples, and this is episode 62, What You've Always Known Won't Be Enough. Looking to the past for information about your future never works. Let's dive into John 6, 1 through 15, a passage you've read many times. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he said, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same thing with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he's the prophet that we've been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Notice that Jesus turned to Philip. Close your eyes and picture it. He turned to him. His whole body or just his head? Did he turn all the way around or just kind of make a side comment with a what do you think we should do tone? Jesus took the time to test Philip before moving forward with what he had planned. That's what the Bible says here. Could it be that Jesus is turning to you and me right now? Might he be giving us a little quiz right before the miracle? Philip had known Jesus long enough to know better than to expect the expected. His past was no longer a predictor. Because he'd never reached for water and found wine before. But that happened in the wedding at Cana. He had never before seen a man be able to read a woman's thoughts, but it happened there at the well in Samaria. He had never seen a paralyzed man rise to walk, but it happened there at the water called Bethesda. Everywhere they went, Jesus kept doing things that had never been done before. It was extraordinary. 
So why, tell me why, did Philip revert to what he'd always known and start practicing very ordinary math to figure up how many months it would actually take to earn money to feed such a crowd? And why, tell me why, do we do that? We try to figure out exactly how long it will take in order for us to make progress with our speaking or writing career. Why do we look at what has already been done? What we already think is going to work may not be what Jesus has planned. Every time we look to the past to predict the future, buzz, wrong answer. Don't we know that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is basically a dead end? Next, notice that Andrew didn't even have to be asked by Jesus. No one turned to him for his opinion. Oh, but he spoke up anyway. At least he pulled evidence from his present instead of the past. He suggests that the boy and his little lunch might be the answer. But then he goes ahead and starts mixing in past experiences. Five loaves and two fish were never enough to feed a multitude in the old days. My brother is a New York Mets fan, and one time I saw him wearing a new baseball cap with a vintage-looking logo. I said, that's cool. So is that like Mets of the old days or something? He answered, um, no, it's Mets of the new days. I said, okay, so it's the new logo? He said, no, the logo is the logo. It doesn't change. Mets of the old days is Mets of the new days. There's something comforting about that. Always knowing what to expect. It's different with us, though. Life of the old days is not life of the new days with Jesus. Just because it has always happened the way it's always happened doesn't mean it will happen that way this time. Jesus doesn't even play by the rules of the past. He plays differently. I love that scene in The Chosen when Jesus says, get used to different. When it comes to your writing, just because you've never been able to finish your book before doesn't mean that you won't be able to finish it this time. Don't look to your past to predict your future. Just because your work has been rejected by literary agents or publishers in the past doesn't mean it always will be. Don't look to the old days for evidence of the new days. Jesus would like to do something that's never been done before. He's turning to you right now. So, how's it going to happen? He's saying. He's asking, but he's really only testing you. Because he already knows what he's going to do. And that's something to think about, really. Because if he already knows what he's going to do, then why would he even ask? When Jesus turns to his disciples, he's never asking for our ideas. He's asking for our cooperation. It took the disciples' cooperation to pass around all of those baskets to feed the multitude of people. Their job was just to be the food servers. That's all. Jesus was the one who made the miraculous main course. 
in our job? We're just the servers. Let Jesus have a chance to cook it up first. It's not necessary to hand him possibilities as you pray. I do that sometimes. It's tempting. I offer lots of suggestions for how he could solve the problem at hand. But just think of what I would be missing if he actually went with my blueprint instead of his own. Frankly, I'm glad he doesn't. Because for me, it would mean the difference between practicing Philip's puny idea of working my tail off for months and months in order to get a result, or Andrew's uncreative idea of taking my little lunch, what I already have, and dividing it up into microscopic portions so that I can try to serve every family member, friend, and reader with my tiny amount. Do you give Jesus advice as you pray, offering him ways that he could handle everything to your satisfaction? Don't feel bad about doing that. Just quit it. It's better to present the problem in prayer and then stop there. That's it. Say, here's the situation, Lord. No advice, no suggestions, no counsel on my part. Stop giving him ideas. Just give him your cooperation. And watch how he multiplies it. Hey there, I love helping Christian writers flourish in their calling. Is there some way that I can serve you today? It's always a joy to work with clients when they enroll in my signature program, The Keep Writing Course, a unique faith-based combination of writing instruction and Christ-centered coaching. The Keep Writing Course only opens a few times a year. Go to nikamaples.com right now so that you can be ready the next time the doors open. Let's get started.